And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Marvelous Monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one and draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, with Nehemiah, all the people praise the Lord and acknowledge that God is great. However, the people became undignified and would be shushed by the modern church because they said amen more than once. Hey, this sounds like our trivia question, doesn't it? Uh huh. And then, if you can believe it, they raised their hands. How dare they? They are the people of God. Don't they know how to behave in church? Put your hands down. Don't stand up and stop saying amen in church. That's right. Next, well, considering that people's behavior and these people's behavior reflected Pentecostal churches, they, they, they were just going overboard. They started acting like their public gatherings were, were tent revivals in the early 1900s. No class, no dignity, no proper etiquette for a civilized churchianity. Who do these people think they are? The people of God? And finally, instruction followed by all of this crazy worship. Similar to our style now, except the church acts like the frozen chosen. The Levites were explaining the laws of God to God's people. Synonyms for the word instruction and explaining are behest, charge, command, decree, dictate, direction, directive, do, edict, imperative, injunction, order, and encourage. The idea is for the people to absorb and consume the word of God. So let's eat up. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. We did that the last hour, the last third, or the last fourth. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can reach out to us by email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. David, like King David without the king, david at hemustincrease.org. You can text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. I don't know what your charges are, but you can still text in 214-210-8483. You can also call us at 972-445-0770. Now, when you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. Let me just say something about Captain Chris. When you talk to him, that's like driving in a new car. What? And then you will be... Is that a loaner or a new one? <laughs> it's a rental. Okay. 
I just thought I'd throw that your way. All right. Uh, bottom line, folks, you might have an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question. Totally okay. You might have something you want to share. You might have something that's on your mind. You might have something you just need prayer for. You might have this praise report you want to share. Oh, the Lord did this fan fantastic thing over the weekend, and I'm just blessed about it, and I just want to share it. You might have any of that going on, and we want you to have that opportunity. It's not a kvetch fest. What's a kvetch fest? That's where everybody gets together and complains. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that, okay? First of all, we don't want the ends of the camp to be burned with fire, so let's not do that. That's good. And then the, the other thing we do is we do a little bit of, you know, trivia. Just keep everybody on top of things. Here you are on your trivia. Here we go. On which day did the religious leaders object to Jesus healing people? Which day was that that they always went, if you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email David at he must org. It is about this time that we typically play for the audience. Let's do that real fast as well. Are we okay for that? Yeah. Pray for the audience. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you. We worship you. We acknowledge you. You are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You are the greatest. You are the I am. And that's everything we need. And for those people that have needs right now in our audience that are a part of our fellowship, we're praying for them, Lord, that you would meet their needs, their personal, emotional, psychological, physical, spiritual, relationship, and, uh, and occupational and ministerial needs, that you'd help them financially, Lord, bless them in that capacity, and that you would help them, Lord God, in healing. And that for those who are feeling alone, that you would comfort them and put your arms around them and let them know you are with them. You start Gospel of Matthew saying, with us, and you end the Gospel of Matthew saying, with us. Help us to remember that. And let your words and your truth permeate our heart and mind and hear and touch and be Jehovah Jireh for these people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. All right. So we got that. So the trivia question, which I'm going to ask again, is, and I think about the trivia question. Don't get too complex. This is early on. On which day did the religious leaders object? So there's going to be a day out of the week that they just went like, which day did they object to Jesus healing people? What was the day they all went, oh, I just, this is crazy. If you think you know that. 972-445-0770. Also, two, uh, that's the number to call, 214-210-8483. That's the number to text, and then david at he must org. Is there anything I forgot? No? You think? No? Yeah? No? All right. Uh, just keep in mind the show, it's not professional radio. <laughs> professional radio. <laughs> that's so funny. It's not professional radio. Really? Yeah, no. It's just radio, okay? It's cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. I will remind you that after this show, or preferably not during, but after the show, you, you've got to go on the website and check out the video. Got to watch all of it to the last frame. No, it's not perfect, but there is some sneaky thing in there that's just kind of cute, and uh, I would encourage you to check that out. All right, we did that, we did that, we did that. 
Uh, if nobody calls in, I'll answer that. Captain Chris will remind me. In the meantime, let's get into Nehemiah uh, chapter 8. And I stated it this way on purpose, so don't get offended. If you're a person that goes to a church that's more formal, it's not to insult you, okay? I have a Baptist and a Pentecostal ordination. I understand the different ranges of churches. It's just that sometimes we act like the chosen frozen. And it's just like, really? Really? So let's look at the text and see what they say. Ezra, this is uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 5. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, and they lifted their hands towards the heaven. What? What were they doing? So Ezra would be, he'd open up the book. This is where you get that now, where people, people will open up the book, and in certain traditional churches, the people will stand, right? That's going back to this passage. But it stops. <laughs> it's like they stand, then they sit down, right? But when they opened up the book in the Old Testament, and Ezra was on the platform, the people, they didn't whisper, amen, amen. They chanted, Amen, Amen. It was wild. It wasn't it wasn't soft. It was crazy. And you have to understand how important that is trying to communicate the word of God is. Now we've talked about this before, and I don't want you to misunderstand at any point. We we are we are a Trinity-oriented ministry. That's not new to most of you. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three and one and one and three. And it's the Holy Spirit in partnership with man that wrote the Word of God. If you want to know what God has to say, there's this book that God decided to put together for all of us, 66 books uh, that, that we uh, operate with, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New, a span of about uh, 1,600, 1,700 years from right at 40 authors of all different kinds of faith, all different kinds of background. And so here's the, here's the reality check in that, Right? They opened up the Word of God, and the people responded because God's Word has an impact. Keep in mind that it was God's Word that when he spoke, the universe was created. And he's put together a book for you and I to have. I, I want to say this because it just is exceedingly important to me, and that's quite simply this. If we're all sitting there tomorrow, and uh, it's uh, the evening time, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and everybody's kind of chilling out, and a spaceship lands in Washington, and an alien gets out of that spaceship, and he has a book, and he goes, this is, this, this is the key to the universe, and he gives anybody that book, that book would be read cover to cover by more people than any other book ever. Hey, guess what? That happened. He just wasn't a little green man. That's all. The answers to the universe, boom. Now, agreed, there'd be an abridged version. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Okay. I'm just trying to give you the emphasis there. You can follow in that? All right. Somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Okay, here we go. Bring him in. Dean, this is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, hi David. This is Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How you doing? Received that uh, um, gift from you today. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, um, what a blessing. Yeah, I'm just kind of in a valley today. I didn't get to go sing. My voice is all messed up, so... I kind of was hoping for a little prayer and a little thought on that part of it to get a 
angelic voice. All I right. need one. I need one. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for you. I want you to answer the trivia question, and then I'm gonna pray yeah. for you for your for your voice and for your health. Okay. Uh, what day did the religious leaders object to Jesus healing people? Oh, you're looking. You're looking for the Sabbath day. That is you? correct, sir. You're right. Now let's do this right now. Let's pray for you and ask that the Lord will bring you healing and refreshment into your throat and into your body and give you strength. So let's do it. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and we praise you and we worship you first and foremost. We adore you. You are fantastic to us. And we pray for our dear brother Ace in the name of Jesus that you would reach into his body by the power of the Holy Spirit and you would touch him. He'd physically know that you are touching his body and that he's receiving strength and energy. You even say in your word that you pour your energy into your people. Do that very thing for him. Pour yourself into him and let him be risen up in the name of Jesus and let his voice be better. We pray and we ask you and petition you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you very much. All right. Good. Appreciate that. All right, brother. You keep us posted. You let us know how you're doing, okay? Well, we're doing, yeah, we appreciate you being there and all the other gang that's out there. We uh, pray for their good health and wealth in Jesus' blood and name. Amen. Yeah. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. God bless you. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Right. All right. Keep Brother Ace in prayer. What a great guy. He's one of the long-time termers, termers, long-time. Never mind. All right, you're, uh, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Thanks a lot for all the blessing that you give me. Thanks a lot. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Who is David Spoon? We have on the line Tina from Elko. Tina, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing today? 
What? I am doing great. One, the, is this the first time you've heard the show? No, I listen to you every time I get into my car when I leave my job. Ah, awesome. Thank you very much. Is there anything that we can be praying for just to be in agreement with you regarding anything that the Lord's working on in you? Yeah, there okay. is. Okay, fire away. Um, first of all, I'd like to see my family's hearts turn. Second of all, I am not putting God first and... I'm not being obedient in certain ways. Let me sum it up a little bit. I have a boyfriend. Okay. I should answer it. So I really need prayer to get back on track with God. Okay. Let me pray with you, okay? Okay. Thank All right. You. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you right now, and we lift up Tina to you, and we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that uh, first and foremost you would work on her family's hearts, that uh, there'd be a softening and that there'd be a grace and a mercy given uh, to the family and uh, between the relationship that Tina has with the family. And we just pray that your mercy would prevail. And we just pray that you would encourage her. Instead of this being a discouragement, let this become an encouragement that she is a daughter of the Most High seeking out help from her Heavenly Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas as we get ready to do our next trivia question. True or false? That's always good. When I start with true and false, that's good because you know what that means? 50-50. (laughs) It's 50-50. That's good, right? Jesus never told his disciples to heal the sick and to raise the dead. True or false? True or false? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well as you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. Now, unfortunately, because this joke is not that great, the person is going to have to be on hold who's uh, calling in because I need to have a buffer. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Dave? You'll, you'll, you'll understand. Yeah, the buzzer for you. Yeah, well, that, that might work out pretty good. Just to let you know, I will try my best to make it more interesting than it is. So I have 14 jokes out of 14. This is at the bottom. Okay, so. See if I can do it decent, though. Okay. All right. The temporary Sunday school teacher was struggling to open a combination lock on the supply cabinet. She had been told the combination but could not quite remember it. Finally, she went to the pastor's study and asked for help. The pastor came into the room and began to turn the dial. After the first two numbers, he paused, stared blankly for a moment. Finally, he looked serenely heavenward, and his lips moved silently. Then he looked back at the lock, and he quickly turned to the final number, and he opened the lock. The teacher was amazed. I am in awe of your faith, Pastor, she said. 
Oh, it's really nothing, he replied. The number is on a piece of tape on the ceiling. (laughs) Isn't that bad, right? If that's the worst of 14, we're okay. That's one way to look at it. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Lord. Two words for David. Therapy. Uh, True or false, Jesus never told his disciples to heal the sick or to raise the dead. Somebody's ready to answer the question. Let's go ahead and ring them through. Ding! This is David. Who am I talking to? That's sir, David. This is Will Rod. Hi, brother. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're better. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking that. I love when you say that. It's such an encouraging and uplifting state statement. It's great. All right. You ready for this one? This is not too complex, but I'm going to lay it before you. True or false, Jesus never told his disciples to heal the sick and to raise the dead. Well, uh, you said it's 50-50? Yes. I was trained that any 50-50 question, you got a 90% chance of getting it wrong. 50-50-90. But I'm going to say it's true. If you didn't say it's true, what would you say it is? Well, obviously false. Then that would be right! (laughs) (laughs) That's the answer! Yeah, he did. Actually, so that's one of those uh, classic kind of things that's actually in uh, Matthew, I think, 10.8 is, uh, I think that's the passage, I'm pretty sure, where Jesus said to heal the sick and to raise the dead in Matthew 10.8. But see, so you knew you where you were going, but I love what you said. You have a 90% chance of getting it wrong. <laughs> Such a good line, 50, Will. 50, 90. That is a great, great line. Excellent job. I appreciate it very much, brother. Yes, yeah, sir. You have a blessed day. You too. Bye bye. And that just put a smile on your face. Come on. <laughs> 50, 50, 90. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. I need that guy grading my papers. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, oh, let's go back to this. So I don't, and I'm not trying to be a, a jerk. I'm just naturally a jerk. I'm not trying to be a jerk. So what I'm trying to say is, okay, in our family, so those of you that know, uh, being a Baptist, I've had a lot of different uh, ranges of growing up. Now, my now Noel's family much more conservative, very much so. Although they don't, you know, typically they don't do all the things that I'm talking about here. I use them, and they know that I do uh, in in some joking references because there are some people that like you stand for the word, and there is nothing wrong on everything right with standing with the word. So don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. You should stand up when they when they read word. We should say amen, amen. But then that's not necessarily the time to sit down and everybody just shuts up because the passage that it's built on says this. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people. This is after he opened the book. They all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands towards the heaven. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Okay? That's what happened. So Ezra, standing on a platform in front of everybody, opens up the Bible, the book, the law. We'll call ours the Bible, but his was the law, right? He opens it up. The people stand up out of respect. They should, right? They say, amen, amen. And then that's where about 50% of the churches that operate there, that's right where it stops. But look what they did. They lifted up their hands towards heaven. 
and they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. I mean, this is a classic Pentecostal meeting. I don't care what you say to me. It's like a tent meeting, right? The, the guy stands up there. He opens up. People go, amen, amen. They drop to the ground. Their arms are, their hands are above their head. They drop to the ground. They're worshiping the Lord with the face on the ground. The problem is the excessive dignity that we have communicated, not in Christianity, but in churchianity. Do you remember when David, he, he danced with all his might? And his wife belittled him, and then God said, yeah, no more kids for you, or no kids for you, period. Remember how we just talked about that the blind guy and how he's like, people are like, shut up, shut up, be quiet. That's not nice. Don't talk, don't talk. What do you do? He talked all the louder. What are you talking about? You don't let people stop you from pursuing or going in before the Lord. And sometimes, and don't tell me, well, we're a civilized civilization. All that means is that we've learned to sin more politely. That's all that means. doesn't mean another thing. And people bow down. And that doesn't mean you have to bow down. It doesn't mean you have to stand up. It doesn't mean you, you should condemn or you should— it's, it, doesn't put you in a position to say you're the judge one way or another. What it does say is that the church needs to lighten up a little. There's a little bit of tough tightness there. There's a little bit of too much starch. It's like, Relax. Right? There was a rap, the rabbi who spoke at my Torah. Listen to this. This is just, I can't, I've never shared this, ever. The, the, the rabbi who spoke at my Torah in 1974 on December 7th told a story about a young man in a temple. And the people were worshiping the Lord. And the young man, the young, he was a very young boy, pulled out his gazoo and he blew on it. And then everybody looked at him, and he was ashamed, and he ran. Okay, so he's telling the story. So I don't know if it's first person or third person. You have to forgive me for that. But the, the bottom line is, while everybody was worshiping the best way they knew how, that little boy was worshiping the best way he knew how. But then they all made fun of it. And they ran him out because they tried to embarrass him. It's like, that's a good story. Because you know what? People worship differently, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to be more sedate, if you want to be more flamboyant, who cares? Just don't put that on somebody else. If that's how you need to do it before the Lord, cool. If you need to go in the corner and spit nickels, awesome. But do it unto the Lord and not for the audience. And whatever you come up with, that's cool. Just don't be judging on others. Okay? That seems fair. Right? That seems nice. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself. I go down to the jail of my soul. What is the David Spoon experience? She thought he was a gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. Now you think three words. Come on, Dave. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is... Hebrew for teacher, or it doesn't matter if your translation says master, rabbi, it doesn't, I don't care. 
She said, Mary. She, she responded, Master, Lord. You see, the resurrected Jesus Christ speaks the name of his sheep. And Jesus knows your name. My sheep, Jesus said, know my voice. And they hear me. And you were going along in your journey. Maybe you were young and you were in church. Maybe you were young and somebody brought it to you. Maybe you were in middle, the middle part of your life. Maybe in the later part of your life. But at some point, Jesus said your name. He said, David, Tierra, Tiffany, Noel, Joshua, Ashley. At some point, he called your name. The risen Messiah spoke your name to you. You know what? That's when you said, yes, Lord. Yes, Master. Yes, Rabboni. It's the most powerful moment because it's the moment that the divine Messiah speaks to you and pulls you from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into another kingdom, the kingdom of light. It is the moment that changed everything. And uh, Billy Graham had a really good piece on it. Said Some people can really define that moment. Some people can't. Doesn't matter. It happened for those that, well, it's kind of like a metamorphosis, but it happened. And in the economy of God, it happens more specifically. And maybe the person doesn't know the date. I know my date, but maybe the person doesn't know the date that he said yes to Jesus. But there was a moment where Jesus called your name and you said yes. And that was the beginning of your understanding of his depth of love. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we have our next trivia question. All right, ready? Who raised the son of the widow woman from the dead? What prophet? Who raised the son of the widow Zarephetheth? You know, I'm not doing that again. We already went through this with conservationalists. I'm not doing that. Uh, who raised the son of the widow Zarephetheth? Ha! Do that one instead of Zarephetheth. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us and let us know what you think the answer is. I think you guys kind of know it's really between two specifics. Uh, you can call us at 972-445-0770. You can also text in at 
888-538-8483, as well as you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. I'm going to send you to the website. Why? Because that is a place to give, and we need giving. And we don't make a show of it. We need giving. Give you a receipt at the end of the year. Not going to anoint your Bible. Not going to send you a special rock like a pet rock. And you're not going to get a comic book. It's just not going to happen. However, you'll be supporting the ministry, and that's what we want you to do. We want you to have that mindset. The other thing is when you do go to the website, on the website's the instructional video. I still want you to take a look at it because you might be thinking, what is this ambassador's initiative? What is this whole thing? It kind of sounds scary. Ooh. It's not that scary, and the video will make that clear. So you go to the website, and on the very top right, there's three lines called the hamburger. You click on that, go all the way down to instruction, uh, ambassador's instructional video. Click on that and watch it. Uh, it's not perfect, but it, it's, yeah. the ending is good because <laughs> – uh, I'm not going to say why. Uh, so check that out. And then, of course, a place to give. Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. I'm waiting for it to come back. You're killing me now. You know that, right? You're doing that on purpose, right? Okay. I'm enjoying it on purpose. I know. You know what? You know what? That reminded me of the sound when when you go to the bank and you put the little tube in and it swishes back and forth. Whoosh. Okay. Yeah. See, that's a good one. Ah. Okay. Uh, trivia question. Let's see if I can do it even remotely right. Who raised the son of the widow, Zarephath? Zarephath. Zarephath. Uh, it's going to be uh, somebody, one or two that you really think it's going to be. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Time for history. Let's go All righty. Today is Love a Tree Day. Only don't do that with the front of your car. Okay. There's the, that one. National Sea Monkey Day. Remember those sea monkeys you used to get in the back of cartoons kind of things? Uh, did you ever see that one cartoon where they... Uh, we'll just talk about that off air. Uh, wear purple for peace day. I, I look bad in so many things that looking like Barney does not sound like a great idea. I think that would instigate violence. <laughs> Well, only if you sing the song, though. I love you. You love me. All right, that's it. I'm coming okay, in there. Enough. You ever see the one where he's, he plays basketball with Charles Barkley? It's like the funniest thing ever. Charles Barkley dunks on him. His, his eyes are all scattered out of his head. It's pretty funny. Uh, nah, National Do Something Good for Your Neighbor Day. That's always a good idea to love your neighbor. 1903 on this day, the Ford Motor Company, the Ford Motor Company Incorporated. Interesting. Uh, 1858, Abraham Lincoln makes his house divided speech, of which, of course, he was referring to Jesus. He didn't come up with that on his own. Hello? I'm just saying. A house divided cannot stand. And then the, the press. That's what Abraham Lincoln said. That's the quality that you get. Uh, okay, some people will 
get upset about this, but I don't care because it's classic. Uh, 1983 in this day, Michael Jackson did the first broadcast of the moonwalk. Remember the moonwalk? Oh, that was wild back then. Uh, 1975 on this day, the first woman to reach the summit on Mount Everest. Uh, Junko Tabi of Japan uh, reached it in 1992. She was playing the first woman to reach all seven summits. Wow, that's pretty impressive right there. All right, and that's that. That's it for history. No more history. Thank you. There's no more history. History is gone. Did you hear a trumpet? Yeah. We're done. Bye. Thank you, Lord. All right, trivia question. I'm going to ask it again. You got some right, some wrong. You guys need to look it up if you're kind of eh, 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 eh. Who raised the son of the widow of the of Zarephath from the dead? There's your key. You know it's going to be one of two. Just make sure you got the right one. Don't get mad at me. Don't tell me, well, that's not what it says. That's what it says. I'm giving you the best translation of the word I can. Uh, let's go back to the text. Oh, by the way, uh, 972-445-0770 to call in, uh, 214-210-8483 to text, and david at hemustincrease.org. Let's go to this next portion of the text, which is amazing. It's an amazing portion. So this is Nehemiah chapter 8, and this is now. We just got done there. They they were worshiping before the Lord. Uh, they opened up the word of God. The people stood, right, and said, chanted, amen, amen. Then the people lifted up their hands, and then they fell down on the ground and worshiped before the Lord. And so Ezra is teaching. He's, he's reading the law. It says, now the Levites, and then it names about nine Levites, instructed the people who were standing there. In other words, the reading of the law took place, and then what was happening is amongst the crowd, people were learning from the Levites what it meant. I want you to—if you can kind of envision this in a in a, in a present-day church situation, think of this as like you're in an audience of like—I'm just using this as an example. Like you're in an audience of like 200 people, and then the pastor reads a text, and then there's like— two people to the side and they're explaining it while that's going on. That is nothing like what we do. <laughs> it's like, you know how disruptive that would be for so many people? It's like, no, I can't follow a thought. I don't know what's going on. But the Levites, what they did was they would they would instruct the people while they were standing there, while they're still standing there listening to the word, they're giving them input to what the word means and how it applies to their life. This is part of that challenge that you've heard me say to you multiple times, and I don't, I don't really have a problem challenging you on this, and I'll do it every day for the rest of my life until the Lord comes back. And that's this. The idea is that the Word of God has such a power, such an impact. Remember, it's birthed by the Holy Spirit and human partnership. Hey, so was Jesus. So let's just remember what we're talking about here. And then you read and embrace the word. It's the one time that I do think that people, instead of reading to read, uh, although you, you do get a blessing in Revelation just for reading it. I, th- I think that's kind of ironic, although it's the only place that it states it that way. But to engage in the word of God and understand that when you read the Bible, you're not reading the Bible to read the Bible so that your pastor can go, boy, good job. Okay? What your pastor is at, your pastor's attaboy means nothing. You read the Bible so that you can hear what God has to say. And I've said this, 
on numerous occasions, and I'll say it on 10,000 more. If you want to know what God sounds like, read his word. You'll know what he sounds like. And then you'll be able to discern what that is or that's not. If you know what the truth is, you'll know what the truth is not. It's In other words, if you absolutely understand what the reality is, and by that I mean this. When I read a Bible translation and it says something in the translation and it's a little squirrely, I, I know instantly why? Because I read it in 57 other versions, and I know what that text is. And it's like, no, that's not right. That's a bad translation. Because knowing the reality, knowing the truth, helps you understand what the wrong things are. What, what do you, you think is going on? That's what's happening. You engage with the Word of God. The Word of God becomes a part of your thought process. His living Word is living inside of you. The Holy Spirit bears witness. And you get the understanding, and you get the, the, the instruction from what's being said. And that instruction leads you to walk hand in hand with the Lord. All these people are like, I just want to get closer to the Lord. I want to get closer to the Lord. Well, I don't want to read my Bible. (laughs) Who are you trying to get closer to? (laughs) The guy's got a book. It's a bestseller. (laughs) You should try it sometime. I mean, there's a reason that's there. It's like you could think, oh, well, maybe he should have done a radio show. Maybe he should have done television. Hey, you know what's been around since the beginning of man? Writing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why that is. So he can communicate that. And the idea behind this is to understand that this is all about getting more of the word or the truth in. The reason this is such a big deal in Nehemiah, the reason that you're getting to the, you know, you're getting to the big portion, right? Where you get to this portion where it's like the joy of the Lord is our strength and everybody loves that verse. Oh, everybody loves it. Yeah, I know, but the whole buildup to that verse is this. It's like, get in there and get to know it. If bread is considered a staple for us to live, and the Word of God is uh, is connected imagery-wise to bread, then you need to feed your spirit man food. Well, that's the bread. That's the whole connection. And if your spirit man's kind of, your born-again spirit man is kind of like weak, Maybe you should put some butter on the bread and put some, put some in. Get it? Okay. I think I I, I must be hungry because now I'm just thinking about bread and butter. And I, I don't know. Uh, trivia. Trivia. We got to answer the trivia. Uh, don't be getting mad at me. Who raised the son of the widow at Zarephath? And that was Elijah. Not Elisha. It was Elijah with a J. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. 
That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. Job, I want to read Job 325. I don't want anybody Look, at. I know that the teachings in the church and being a, 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 a Baptist Somebody who's got a Baptist ordination, a Pentecost ordination, somebody who's, who's, who understands what Calminian means, understands what the manifold millennialist is. I, I get it. I really do. I, I've been around for a little while. I just, when you're hearing scripture, you don't have to put all the scriptures you hear in certain boxes so they fit your uh, motif of a theology. Sometimes you can just look at it and observe it and go right for it and review it. And Job chapter 3, verse 25, one of the things that Job said is, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. There's a whole teaching on, that's because your confession wasn't good. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think God was bragging about Job to Satan. Job didn't know that was going on. That's obvious. But there he is. God's bragging about him. And what Job is like going is like, this is the worst thing that I could think of. And that happens to people. Believers. Good believers. Great believers. Fantastic believers. Lousy believers. Believers. And everybody else. It's something that takes place. Sometimes bad things come about in the process. That doesn't mean that God hates you. That doesn't. First of all, the world has rebelled against God and lies in wickedness. So it's not God's fault that the world said, eh, we'll run this planet without you. We'll let you know. I mean, that's not God's fault. He's not the one that did that. People did that. And so the idea to understand is sometimes these tough things happen. The great thing to know is that God has not left and went to Pluto while you're going through these things. In this particular case, in Job, it was completely the opposite of what Job thought because God was bragging about him. And Job thought he was in some kind of trouble or some kind of judgment. Hey, guess what? Job was wrong. Something else was going on altogether, which is often the case. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, I'm going to do our trivia question, give you a little bit of up-to-date info, and then get into the rest of our teach 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 Why? Why? <clears throat> Why did Jesus do so few miracles among the people of his own hometown? Mm. Why did Jesus do so few miracles among the people of his own hometown? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972 945-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. The reason I want to catch up to date is a couple of reasons. Uh, One, you guys need to be praying for the ministry so that we can have wisdom as to what uh, potential uh, opportunities there are for its expansion. 
That's number one. Number two, you got to go to the website to check out the instructional video. Even if you're never going to use a brochure, at least you should know what's going on from the ministry point of view. Okay. Uh, number three, we have the brochures. They are in, and that's good news. Uh, and then you're just going to have to tell me, and as you'll see in the video, you'll have to just text me or email me what brochures you want. And that's all it is. And then don't forget to sign up for the Ambassadors Initiative. If you've never done it, it's no quota, no responsibilities, no anything in the sense that we'll send you the brochures and you just keep them. And whenever the Lord puts it on your heart, that's when you respond. This is, this is more about you following what the Lord wants you to do and not doing what we tell you to do. Because you know what? We don't know that much. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> and then again, if you're able to give, don't forget to do that. Okay? All right. So that's kind of an update on all of those things. I want to finish off on this teaching uh, one more time on the trivia. And then if we don't get somebody to call in, we'll, uh, I'll have Chris remind me. Uh, why did Jesus do so few miracles among the people of his own hometown? Very specific uh, answer, kind of like, well, not specific enough. If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Okay. We cover everything in the world, on the planet. I want to do the rest of this text because it's important, and then it's a setup. So next week will be, uh, as we move into it, we'll be moving into the closing in on the joy of the Lord, which is one of my favorite things. And when we do the joy of the Lord, I'm going to do an expanded teaching, not just in, in Nehemiah, but kind of like the teach, teach that I love to do on it because it's so cool. All right, so here's what the text says, okay? So we'll go, we'll go back and, and read it from the beginning part that says this. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands toward heaven. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now the Levites instructed the people who were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. See, I just I read stuff like this, and I think there's just something better about how they did it, I think, than how we do it, or something. I, I don't know. I know I'm not saying this correctly, but listen to what they did. They would read from the book of the law, and then the Levites— they would read from the book of the law, and they would clearly explain the meaning of what was being read. And that would help the people to understand the passage. Now, let's understand what's going on there, okay? The law of the Lord is perfect, able to restore the soul. The word of God is able to revive you. I know everybody thinks, I just need a shot in the arm. I just need to drink one of those five-hour energy things, 15 of them in a row or something like that. It's like you want a refreshing in your spirit. I got a message for you. There's this book that was co-written by the Holy Spirit who's the same one who helped, who was part of the birth of Jesus Christ, who's the same power. The Holy Spirit holds the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. How do you think that's going to go if you're reading the words that the Holy Spirit helped write? It'll, it'll, it'll raise you up. 
It's just like it'll give you life. Remember, the breath of God. And the passage in Job, so I'll teach on that up and coming. But the breath of God, the Spirit of God, breathes life. And so you read that word, and it speaks into us. And what happens is your, your whole system gets rearranged. That's why the Word of God is living. It rearranges things on the inside, which then changes things on the outside. And what they would do is they would read the law and then clearly explain the meaning of what was being read. That's, I think, not actually happening a lot. I think we, we, you know, we have some of that. And I'm not just talking about expository. Top of people are like, well, nobody taught topically. Jesus' entire Sermon on the Mount is topical. That's like the dumbest thing. Don't say stuff like that. If your church teaches expository, that's fantastic. That's awesome. But there's all different ways to do it. Don't don't you know? Don't pride it out. Well, we do it this way. Well, congratulations. That in a quarter, and you can make a phone call. I mean, it's like my point is that's not the time where you do that. And they explain the meaning of what was being read and help the people understand each passage. This is the part that I think that gets uh, th- that's a challenge. Now, I've read the Bible multiple, multiple, multiple times. I don't understand every passage. I will read a passage and go, huh. I, I read a passage actually today that I went, huh. How'd that, what was that like? What happened there? Okay. All right. And, and the reason that I ask simple things like this is, and, and don't give me an answer because if you answer me in what I'm about to say, I'm, I'm not going to talk to you. So here's, so. Legion is identified in the guy in both the singular and the plural. I want to know why. <laughs> in other words, why? Why is he see? I mean, I know why in the essence of it's legion, it's one, and then it's plural, there's many. But what switched from what? In other words, at what point does it become plural when they're talking to Jesus, and when is it singular? I find stuff like that fascinating. I just kind of weird that way. The point is there's a lot to understand. There's a lot to crack open in the book. There's a lot to gather in without even getting into the Greek and the Hebrew, and then getting into the Greek and the Hebrew, that's another hundred years of study. Right? My point is every passage has a point. Every passage has a purpose. God doesn't waste anything in the context of remember with the disciples and they they fed the five thousand, what they do afterwards? They picked up all the baskets. It's like no, no, God doesn't waste it. And there's not a passage that's in that book that's wasted. Although there's some passages that are more fun than others, just like in food, spinach is not as cool as pizza. Get over it, okay? That's my attitude. The idea behind this is that everything has a purpose, has a meaning behind it. And in the Word of God, every passage means something. So if you come across a passage and you don't understand, you don't have to be upset, you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to go, I'm not smart or anything like that. Stop that. Jot that down and make an effort to learn about it. There's a thousand free sites with great commentaries, great info. Get that. Look at it. Find out. So that every passage that you read can have a touch because every passage has a purpose. How about that? You don't hear that very – too bad. We need to be doing that. We need to understand that God wrote this book with a purpose. And I read stuff today, and if whenever I'm reading it, I you know I just keep a little piece of paper or not a piece, little uh, what is it, a small little like notepad, you know the little ones though. And and if I come across something and I go, what? <laughs> I do that. What? And then I'll write down verse, and then I'll type that verse in. I'll go to I have a 
numerous Bible programs, but some are free and some are paid, and you can do any of that. You can type if you want to. You can type it into Google and look up, you know, commentary, whatever the case may be. As long as you're not using a Mormon commentary, you're gonna be fine. Just saying. The idea behind that is to study it. Every passage has a purpose. Listen to the text. They read from the book of the law and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. That just makes me think they're smarter than I am because I need lots of help with lots of passages. Right? But that's the pursuit that we're in. And you know, (laughs) I can say everything I want. And anything I want and nothing that I say will have any value compared to what God has to say, period. And you know that. So there's no running away from that, okay? You don't get to go, well, Dave said. That ain't going to work. What did God say and what did you do with it? That's what you'll have to respond to, okay? Why? Here's the trivia, right? Got trivia? All right. Chris, keep me on my toes. Why did Jesus do so few miracles among the people of his own hometown? The most direct and immediate answer is because of their lack of faith. That's what the scripture teaches. And so they didn't believe. And it says that he was amazed at their lack of faith. It's funny because Jesus was amazed at some people's faith. And then he was amazed at some people's lack of faith. Now, I want to be in that first group. (laughs) I don't want to be in that second group. I want to be in the first group. I want to have faith that rocks and that puts my feet on the rock. Get it? All right. All right. Uh, Interesting, somewhat fun day Monday. (laughs) We'll leave it there and just let it go forward. I hope it was a blessing for you. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.